Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is the podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Don Pretorius, author of the book, The Shepherds of Inequality and the Futility of Our Efforts to Stop Them. This book describes the many examples of money laundering around the world so that the reader can get a glimpse of its pervasiveness in our society. Don describes the background and history and then highlights areas where the world should turn its efforts to stamp it out. So Don, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Thank you and hello to your listeners. So let's get started by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write about money laundering. Um, well, I've worked in the financial services industry for most of my long career, and um, I've seen all the global efforts to try and stamp and curtail, stamp out and curtail money laundering. Uh, but after many years uh, of research, um, it is very clear to me that anti-money laundering uh, the, all the initiatives and the legislation that we've uh, has been put in place worldwide is on the wrong path to to stamping out money laundering. In fact, it's only uh, becoming more and more. Um, in other words, there are things that are legal, things like company structures, shell companies, which can be used um, legally, offshore tax havens, company structures which are very convoluted mm -hmm. and you don't know who the ultimate beneficial owners are and that kind of thing um so we've we we what we're doing is we have legal structures that is facilitating money laundering mm -hmm. and we have very good accountants and um, auditors and lawyers and advocates all of these people who obviously apply their expertise to this these are also complex subjects um, and, um, of course, only the wealthy people can afford to hide their money to to do that kind of thing. So um, and that motivated me to say the ordinary person, we should know this is what's happening. Yeah. And we should we should be able to uh, change laws or change things in order to do that. Yeah. So let's just maybe up front here. I, I pro I'm sure all the listeners know what money laundering is, but can you define that for us and give us an example maybe before we move on? I just want to make sure we're all on the oh, same page. Yes. Yes. I'm just so used to using the terminology. <laughs> it's, 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 it's as a result of corruption, as a result of not obeying the laws, as a result of trying to bypass laws, et cetera. And it's it's usually greed and power, which we're talking about the really big money, mm -hmm. um, that it happens. So the corruption happens, but now you've got the money. What do you do with that money? Well, you certainly don't pay tax on it, do you? Because you've right. earned it illegally. Right. And that is a big area of where um, the of where money is lost from a government. A government is also uh, not receiving the taxes that they should because it's being bypassed and into all these other kind of sophisticated structures. So um, if you've got money, you can pay people to hide your money for you, um, even illegal money. So yes. illegally earned um, from any types of corruption. And, and that's my point, uh, that uh, we are allowing it to be hidden. 
So you have a, let's say, a drug cartel. They're earning money illegally from selling drugs, but they get this money and they have a lot of it. So you're not just going to walk around with bags of cash, right? And no. pay for it. They're, they need to put it somewhere. And there's people that help them put it places and structure things um, so that it, it's, it's essentially hidden from, from the government. Is that, is that accurate? Yes, it's, it's hidden because they're not collecting taxes on it. Mm-hmm. But sadly, um, Sloan, is that um, if you look at the governments, they are, have a lot of powerful people in government, and many governments around the world are very corrupt. Right. Um, so it only exacerbates the problem, unfortunately. And South so, Africa would be a wonderful example of that. <laughs> yes, and that's where you're from, for the listeners. Um, Don lives in South yeah. Africa. And so so tell us about, is this, did you, in your career in banking, is this something that you, you see regularly? Did you have like experiences with this? Um, how did you get to, um, you know, be so passionate about this topic? Well, uh, because I was pulled into it from a legal point of view, where we would have to try and prevent money laundering in the financial services, because that's what compliance officers and um, risk managers, et cetera, do. And it's an industry, in fact, all of its own that it's developed into. It's, it's, it's a huge, in, you know, you've got the anti-money laundering, which I call it in, in industry or corruption, where you're earning illegal money. But the other industry is the one that's trying to control it. And we are actually losing the battle. I mean, we do have some incredible wins where some drug dealers are, you know, finally captured, et cetera. But generally, there's huge amounts of of, of um, fraud uh, leading to uh, money being uh, sort of lost, if you like, yeah. in terms of... Yeah, so, it makes me think of that, um, the movies about Pablo Escobar and all the things that he did and um, uncovering like money in the walls of houses or money that was buried in the ground exactly. and, and all these different things that they did to hide it. And in fact, it's very convoluted. And I've uh, put in my book uh, about 50 examples around the world of uh, different types of how money is laundered. And and some of the um, uh, the examples are very difficult to even summarize because it is so uh, it's a lot of collusion, collaboration um, amongst people. It's not just one person doing it. It's a whole uh, sort of group um, that is is busy on on one aspect of it, if you know what I mean, one aspect of corruption. Right. So it's yeah. So it's, it's not really, a straight line. It's not a map where you connect this person. It's 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 a it's a web. It sounds like exactly. And then to try to to get to finding out who's who's um, you know who's guilty, um, you have to go through a lot of hoops in the financial services industry to try and trace it to find it. It takes years. It takes skill. It takes resources. Um, all of which um, is a struggle and a cost to the industry as well. Right. But sadly enough, Sloan, I just want to say, sadly enough, big banks themselves are guilty, not just of breaching maybe some of the uh, the rules for um, anti-money laundering, but they actually have been guilty of money laundering itself. Yeah. yeah. The big, <laughs> you know, you, you're not easily winning the game. Right. 
and you mentioned from your book, so let's get back to the book. So you, you've had these experiences, you've been on, on that, um, compliance side, trying to trace this, track it, um, involved. And I'm sure it's just fascinating work to be able to see the amount of skill that goes into this, all of this hiding. Um, and so you mentioned in your book, you have some examples. Uh, can you share a couple of those that you're, that maybe are most fascinating to you or that you really enjoyed writing about? Um, yes. Um, I, I've got a lot of stories of um, uh, drug traffickers because drug dealing is a big thing um, in many countries around the world and it's worth a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, so I do relate some of the stories in brief of uh, Al Capone, the cocaine queen of Miami. I mean, she was interesting. Her name was Griselda Banco. Uh, She was viciously violent and gunned down rivals by motorcycle drive-by. So she used to have that organized and she she only served 10 years in jail, mm-hmm. um, but was ironically killed um, by two gunshots to the head in a motorcycle drive-by shooting. <laughs> so um, Simeon uh, Mogilevich, which I think he has just been, um, there, there has been a capture of him just recently. Um, we... There, in fact, um, I have mentioned a lot of well-known people um, who we may have looked up to, yeah. uh, who also have been uh, caught for money laundering. And some of them through, again, either corrupt justice systems or justice systems that are inadequate are also struggling to they they just don't get indicted at all. And, and that is also a problem. Yes, as you were talking and just mentioning that about the um the the ones we look up to, you know, and again I'll go back to the Escobar movies and and you know the portrayal of the Robin Hood of the neighborhoods, right? Like using the money to help the neighborhoods um yeah. improve in some way, but then also destroying the neighborhoods with the bombings and 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 it's it's such a and again this would be a Hollywood portrayal, right? But it's it, it's a, it's interesting how movies and in, in various societal efforts to make some of these people look like heroes. And it, it's well, just an interesting. Perspective. Well, that, I, mean, I don't know. That, that is an interesting point that you bring up because in fact, um, many people who become, I'm going to use the word famous, but they could be infamous if you like yeah. um, for something that they've done. Um, they get well-known, and as soon as they're well-known, um, they seem to achieve power, power of attraction, and um, does that not reflect in voting too sometimes? Right. Um, by people who perhaps don't have that much information, or even if they do, they still uh, you know, are attracted by people that are powerful. Irrespective yeah. of whether they are, you know, upright and honest or, or, or not so upright and honest. Yeah, I mean, that opens up a whole other conversation <laughs> about just the <clears throat> what we want to see about people sometimes and what they actually are. You know, I putting uh, uh, people on a pedestal and thinking they're one thing and, and you know, pining after that and wanting to achieve that. It, it's it's amazing um, how 
far down the path sometimes, even people I've known about, um, you know, about so-called celebrities or well-known people. And, you know, when you really, I don't know, it, that's a whole other topic, I think, <laughs> go into. But it's so fascinating to me, this, <clears throat> and going back to what money laundering actually is and what um, the level of effort and skill to go to do this. And, and if you're, you know, if somebody is making a lot of money, right? Millions and and millions of dollars, the amount of effort, and then the network of people they have that help them to do these things, right? Like in movies, they'll portray like um, owning various cash-based businesses where the money can be laundered through. And and just the level of effort to this, it it seems it's, it's so massive. Well, and that's why it, it works because everybody gets their slice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's very lucrative and there's no tax payable. Um, it, it's extremely so. And the interesting thing about trafficking, um, you know, trafficking is also money laundering eventually because they get the money and, and right. the money is, is, is through corruption. But everything gets everything gets trafficked, including sand on beaches. Would you have known that? No, I would not have known that. Which are the very, very sad situation and human beings. Yeah. And now I never even mentioned it in my book, but cybercrime criminals is becoming a big thing now where people being trafficked so that they have to go and uh, work and then uh, cause um, cybercrime on their computers. Uh, and if they don't do what they're told, they get beaten, beaten up. Right. You know, it's it's an extremely sad world when you look at that. And of course, um, I'm sure you experience it too, is scamming. Yeah. You scam, especially with technology now, people get scammed into all sorts of things, silly things like yes. um, oh, the post office has a parcel for you. Just pay so much and, you know, go and collect your parcel. And it's, I feel sorry for people in the future. Because it's I know. Really difficult to know what's real and what isn't. Well, I know. And you know that what you're saying, like with the scamming and things, sometimes I'm like, it's, it, you know, this is, could be a whole other topic of conversation, but just how people, how out of touch people are with their own intuition to be able to fall for those things, you know? And it's, it, and as you were just talking about, other elements of money laundering with trafficking and um, other things that we don't nest maybe because sometimes I think as we were just talking about with some of these people that do this and get caught or maybe get caught, but nothing happens to them. And they're looked at as these heroes because they, you know, did this or that, but then you, you don't, I think it's sometimes we don't connect the other elements of that. Like, people that are literally human trafficked, right? And, and other things that are probably just terrible that go on in the world um, that are a part of this type of network that are not as, uh, it, somehow there's like, it's like they're not connected. So it's okay for one to do it, but then not for the other. And um, that doesn't make any sense either. No, that's, that's, that is true. And also we find that we live in a bit of a bubble. You might know of one big case somewhere and you might read about something or hear about something. But when you look at it globally, it is unbelievable what is happening. And every day in, on your news, um, there will be, there will be um, examples of it just depends how much wide reading you can get in a day. Well, yeah, it's, it's an absolute industry. And um, it, this is what brings about inequality because now 
we are not, our societies become un, unequal because you have the haves and you have the have-nots. And um, my contention is that obviously it's the middle class that provide an economy with stability. Um, now we're having more and more um, um, billionaires, a lot more have-nots than we've, you know, it's actually getting exacerbated. We had it. We had done well with poverty over the last few years um, and, and tried to eradicate poverty, but it's slowly moving the other way again, where uh, poverty, hunger, all of that is happening. Governments, many governments, uh, you can think of Africa, in some in Asia, um, and um, even in the United States, uh, UK, getting weaker financially. Um, because, um, and, and, you know, therefore money is not well distributed. And it's becoming a big problem. And this is where inequality, I think, if you look at what happens from a money laundering point of view, I believe that it really exas it really um, is, is absolutely um, inherent in society. And therefore, it's causing this this big divide between the haves and the have-nots. And sadly, sometimes people with power who have the money, who have the um, abilities to do things, are using the poor people to do the dirty work. And, of course, uh, they take huge risks, if yeah. that is depending on what type of uh, scheme it is, of course. Um, so yeah. And, I mean, it's such a big topic. And... Um... I mean, that, that piece on inequality too, and understanding how that plays in, you know, I think it's easy to adopt the attitude that, well, that's just always the way it's been, you know, and what I, I love about your book and even in the title, um, the futility of our efforts to stop them. I mean, do you feel that there's anything that can be done to stop this? I do. I definitely do. I think in the first instance, I think that some of our legislation that we're doing uh, worldwide, we, you know, member states of this uh, international body has to uh, try and comply with. Um, I believe that a lot of what we do is a waste of time. It's a tick box exercise, etc. cetera. Um, um, one of the things that has now come out is, um, you know, one has to know who the ultimate beneficial owner is. In other words, who's the flesh and blood behind this huge, complicated corporate structure that is getting the money? Um, well, countries around the world, not all of them are adopting or applying the legislation as it should. Um, some still say only some people can access it. Then it's, you know. It's just because, again, we who are we protecting? Right. We are protecting the big people. And it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, when you've got big business, yes, they employ people, they're good, et cetera. Um, so I'm not anti-capitalist in any particular way, but I'm just saying we are allowing legislation to take up our time and resources that is useless. And we are not looking at, the shell companies, which are being abused, I mean, it's it's uh, it's an everyday thing. Uh, offshore tax havens, etc. How it's applied, income tax. Why is income tax so complex? 
<laughs> yeah. Does the average person understand income tax? Not at all. Right. Um, you have to have a lot, quite a lot of knowledge to understand income tax fully. Um, and uh, in your own country, never mind any other country. So it's, um, you know, and all the, when you look at what is applied from a tax perspective, it's usually, a, it's well, it's all applied to make people rich yeah. and richer. Yeah. So, um, so I believe that uh, we need, there are our young, clever people that we have in this world today to look at this industry, just like we are looking at climate change. In fact, it, I didn't make that connection, but now I strongly believe that a lot of what's happened from climate change is also to do with money laundering. So if you look at the Amazon forests, for example, um, that's where they, um, you know, they have lovely cattle farms there, um, amazing cattle, because they've chopped down all the trees. But we need the Amazon for um, for climate change purpose. I mean, for um, for oxygen in in the world. And it's a really important component of it. So as we're chopping that down to make cattle farms, et cetera, this is one just one little example I can give you right now. But there, there's a lot of that. Well, Don, I want to thank you for joining us today. This topic of money, money laundering is just absolutely fascinating. In your book, The Shepherds of Inequality and the Futility of Our Efforts to Stop Them, I know you, you mentioned you have so many more examples, so I know the listeners will be very eager to find out more. Um, before we close out today, what do you hope readers learn or take away after reading your book? I really would like some action to be taken in the sense that uh, we need to relook at the laws um, of money laundering and saying what is stupid. I, I'll give you one example. One example is that we um, get, uh, if I'm a bank or a fintech and I um, am dealing with a, a payout partner bank in another country, just for example, and we've remitted money, etc. Well, uh, when we are partners or corresponding banks, we do, we do what we call know your client on each other. So I need to know I'm dealing with that person. They need to know who they're dealing with from this side. So we have to fill in a questionnaire. And the questionnaire is long. And it asks you all sorts of things like how many people do you employ in compliance? How many people do you train? Have you trained your people? Which is tied up with the law. But why do they want to know from Pakistan into South Africa, for example, why we are doing this what what is it it's just a ticker box what 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 will it do yeah so i'm saying why do we have to fill in these when we need simply just give them who we are regulated by because they're all regulated whether they're regulated in, by another reserve bank or a federal bank or here etc but the when i did the research i found out guess who made up this um this questionnaire it's a questionnaire made up by five of the most uh, uh, biggest banks in the world who have been guilty of money laundering. <laughs> so these are things that are ticker box stuff. It takes all our resources away from proper investigation. And right. it's a waste of time. That's what I want to get rid of and looking at income tax and how to simplify it, etc. Yeah. And I mean, again, like I said, such a big topic, but Don, I want to thank you for joining us today and, and talking about this and being our guest on Books on Air. Thank you, Sloan. 
Thank you so much. And thanks to your listeners. You can find more about the book, The Shepherds of Inequality and the Futility of Our Efforts to Stop Them on Amazon. And I'll link to the book in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. 